Hey. Hi. Hello. It's me, your Academy H storyteller, Will, here once again to introduce a new episode. Things are really starting to heat up in this arc, and I genuinely cannot wait for you all to hear the next two episodes. They are some of the best we have ever done. I am both dreading and very much looking forward to finally getting into editing them. But today's episode is fantastic in its own right, and we'll get to that in just a second. First up, just want to mention that we are still raising money for the First Nations Development Institute, and if you are listening to this on the day of its release, we are going to be live at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight at twitch.tv slash livefromtheapocalypse, raising money for them while we record a couple of new episodes. You definitely don't want to miss that because tonight is the last episode of the current arc, which we are recording with our guest star, Sydney from Nat20 Productions. It's been amazing having Sydney on the show, and we are all looking forward to seeing how things play out. So make sure you join us for that if you're looking for a fun way to wrap up your weekend. There's a lot of great moments in this arc, but you'll probably notice in today's episode that we are down a person. And unfortunately, that is because Jamie, who normally plays Danny Carseat, was not able to be here for those episodes. I believe they were traveling and performing their stand-up comedy, and we sorely missed them. But don't worry, they'll be back in just a few episodes. Anyway, I think that's plenty of talking on my part, so why don't we just go ahead and get into Academy H, Cause and Effect, Part 4. Much like the question of whether or not the light inside the refrigerator turns off when the door is closed, or whether it is constantly on, Danny Carseat's white room is dark without him inside of it. Now, whether or not the portal that Danny creates to travel there provides a light source, or whether it somehow senses that he is arriving and lights itself is impossible to say. But right now, it is dark. Not pitch black, but it's hard to see anything. Danny's corner of objects is obscured and cast into shadows. The stark white walls of the room that give it its name appear more grayish black than anything. The board of clues connected by yarn and strings and stranger objects that help Danny try to connect his future to the current present is cast into ominous darkness. The strings and the connections appearing far larger than they actually are in life. However, most notably about the White Room, even as dark as it is, are the hundreds of cracks spider webbing across its wall. And with that, we will rejoin the remainder of Squad H outside of the alley where Danny Carseat first emerged from a portal into the present day. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. We're, we're down. Wait, we're down someone. Wait, Danny? Danny was right there. Danny? He wouldn't do this on purpose. I don't think. No. Do we know that for a fact? I don't think right now. 
he's the one who wanted to, us to see this. Yeah. 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 Okay. You know, you're right. You're right. Do you think we should go back? Like, see if, I don't know, somehow he got stuck there. I, in, in his bedroom. I, 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 I mean, I, I didn't see him go into the portal. Okay. Wait, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. So we do need to go back, check on this room. That's we're here. Yes, we came here for a purpose. Let's do what we came here to do first, and then we can worry about the rest. Yeah, okay, I guess that makes sense. So, I mean, obviously, you know, I can I can try and scope things up, and honestly, Kaz, this is also maybe a little bit more in your wheelhouse than than maybe either of ours. Uh, what have you got? Yeah, I I can. I can check it out. I mean, it, it's kind of news to me that apparently uh, Hell's following me as well, but uh, I, I can certainly try. Uh, what's the alley look like? You step into the alley, and it appears to be exactly... It, it looks the same way it did the last time you saw it, which is to say that there are a few trash cans laid out. There is maybe one dumpster towards the back, but it ends in uh, a dead end. There's just a brick wall at the end of it. There's a heavy metal green door that is showing signs of corrosion near the bottom, but also doesn't appear to have like a knob or a handle or anything like that. Like maybe it's been decommissioned or sealed or something like that, but was just never removed. You also don't see any signs of any cracks on the walls. Well, he did say he spoke to someone about it, so they might have come and dealt with it, but Lyra's going to walk towards the door. Be like, I wonder if anyone in here maybe saw something. I mean, if it was just here, somebody might have walked past it and seen something. Kaz, are you examining this with your senses, your extra senses, maybe? I I think, yeah, I think Kaz will try. I'm going to say that you're probably, well, I will leave it up to you. You can try to, you can try to unleash your powers if you want, or you can assess the situation. If you assess the situation, you can ask me specific questions. If you roll to unleash your powers, it's kind of more in my court what exactly happens. I'm going to go with unleashing my powers. Roll with freak. That is a nine. All right. Well, Mark, uh, nope, sorry, that's a success. Mm -hmm. Don't mark anything. (laughs) Actually, nope, I lied. Mark a condition. Or... I will tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. I'm going to say the effect is unstable or temporary because I don't think Kaz has ever used his magic kind of in this way before. Because he is just finding out about, well, about his magic and those connections to hell. So I think that makes sense. You reach out with your magical senses. Probably not something you have a lot of practice with, if I had to guess. But it's one of those things that you you kind of realize that you've been doing unconsciously for a very long time. You've just never really had to think about doing it, kind of like breathing. Now you're focusing it, though. You are always kind of borderline aware of magic around you, almost like background radiation a little bit. And you're not sensing really any of that. So you end up kind of focusing harder. You end up reaching specifically to try to sense anything that feels like Crossroads or maybe even Danny or 
maybe even what you felt in Danny's room around the other crack. And again, at first, you you don't feel any of that. You don't feel anything. But the more you focus your senses, the more you get something. Even though it kind of feels almost more like more like an echo than anything permanent or fixed. So you get that sense that there is or was something here. But the more you reach for it, the more farther away from yourself you feel. And whether or not it is a memory or a new sensation or something else entirely, maybe even metaphor, you're not sure exactly how any of this works, but you have the sensation of yourself falling, moving downwards at least, falling very slowly until you realize that you're not falling. What you are feeling is hundreds, maybe even thousands of hands slowly passing you down one to the next. Thanks, I hate it. Just, uh, just abort that mission right there. <laughs> Come on back. <laughs> That's all you get, though. And so I think what the other C is, you know, Kaz <laughs> activating his powers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> experiencing some emotional damage um and i'll let will tell me his thoughts on this but i think actually in this instance one thing that is a bit different because this is the most tapped into his powers in this way Cass has ever been thus far i think something you see that you haven't seen before is that his eyes start glowing purple usually it's just an aura around him but i think as he gets further and further into pushing his senses out you see that. And then I think you see like all of that magic just cut off in an instant. And he like kind of grabs at his chest and like stumbles. Are you okay? Did you see something? Yeah. There, there was something here, but it's not here now. So then they probably got rid of it. I think so. It, it feels more like an echo. Not, I mean, it doesn't look like the crack that was in Danny's room. And I don't feel it in exactly the same way. He said Michael Ravenholm's sister dealt with it. If she dealt with it, then maybe Michael knows what it is. Yeah, yeah. Technically, I think what Danny said was the most beautiful human being he'd ever laid eyes on handled it. But we can roll with it. Lyra's not going to repeat that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. If it's not here, and we don't have Danny to tell us more about what he actually saw when he was here, unless does anyone have a problem with me banging on this door and seeing if anybody has seen anything? No. You know, I think you know. Sometimes uh, the best approach is the most direct one. Okay. Yeah. I'll just uh, real quick. Lyra will go down to the door, and she knows that there's no doorknob there but that doesn't necessarily mean that it can't open from the inside so she will reach up and give it just a few sturdy sturdy knocks see what shakes out 
Yeah, you knock on it, and it it doesn't sound like knocking on a door. Normally, there would be sort of a hollow sound or like at least an echo behind it, but this kind of feels like there's just something solid. Like maybe they filled in the bottom level of this building with concrete or something like that. You're not sure, but it doesn't really sound like a door per se. Hmm. Okay. So that seems solid and dead end like. Well, that's at least something that I can take a look at. I could go with one of the most basic applications of Victory Vision, the good old <laughs> X-ray specs. Is it concrete, or is it in fact a secret and nefarious bunker? Is it lead? <laughs> is it lead? Hey, you know what? If everything from the lower level of this building is surrounded by lead, that at least tells us something highly specific. <laughs> that is true. Uh, Roll with superior. Superior, okay, to assess. All right, that is a seven. That's, this will hold one, I think. Yes. Yes, okay, hold one. Um, Interesting. Well, since we're here too, we are technically still kind of like investigating the overall situation. Danny's powers and the crack. I guess, I guess what here is the biggest threat? You shift your victory vision into uh, x-ray vision, and you focus on this building. And it's kind of a it's kind of a process. It's kind of a layer by layer process, and you're starting to think that maybe I'll give you two choices here. Okay. Is your victory vision actually stopped by lead? I think that only makes sense. I, I feel like in the past we have we have we have just mentioned distinctly that it is stopped by lead. I think that happened so, at the docks. Yeah. Okay. And, and honestly, you know what? I'm willing. I'm will, I, I think it also makes sense. Maybe not even just the the X-ray version. That maybe maybe that is the secret weakness of the Victory Vision. Doesn't matter what what spectrum I'm using. Lead doesn't doesn't work. It's 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 like detect good and evil. <laughs> right. Your physics vision uh, is stopped by lead. Yeah. My my physics vision is stopped by lead. But really, but no. But my my powers are science based. Right. Yeah. No. Of course. They're based. They're, they're based. They're based on science. Lead is an element, so that makes sense. Right. Yes. It's on the periodic table, and that's science. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then, what I will say is that the building itself, you can see, sort of see through the concrete a base of it and the brick, and you can sort of see into it that it, it's just kind of an empty, an empty room, as far as you can tell. Maybe some kind of storage or basement. It's hard to say. As old as it is, you kind of suspect maybe the door itself has a coat of lead paint still mm. on it. However, you can't see through that. This is the most arbitrary and yet most frustrating limitation that I consistently run into. Uh, and, you know, I gotta, I gotta honestly say, Dr. V has never really given me a totally adequate explanation for that. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. Even he knows. But sorry, roundabout way of saying lead paint on the door, probably, and uh, that means I'm sol. But while lead paint might stop my victory vision, it doesn't stop all my powers, and I'm going to commit some property damage and see if I can just <laughs> yank that fucking door off the hinges. I will, uh, as a corollary to answering your question. I will say that maybe as you lumber forward, maybe even as you're pulling a fist back to actually knock this down, you hear the little 
angelic chorus from your halo phone that indicates that you have received a direct message on choir. Oh, 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 hang on. Hang on. What are they adding me about? It is a DM. You have not been tagged in anything, but the DM is coming from what is pretty clearly a burner account. The name is just sort of a collection of like random numbers and letters. But the message appears to be a, a very earnest one from somebody. It's kind of written formally, which strikes you as funny, but it, it says, Dear Victory. And then underneath that, it says, I am a grad student at Powers University. I saw you at the fight that took place outside of the university earlier today. I think I have some information that might help you. Meet me in the physics building tonight, 10 p.m. Well, this is not in the least bit ominous. Uh, how so? Uh, shows them the message. Yeah, that seems sketchy. Especially just the timing of it. Well, that and what do they mean by like, answers that you seek? What, did, was there a question that they took from us just fighting two thugs? The trash twins? This seems... <sighs> well, okay, so what time is it now? We'll probably say it's maybe early evening, maybe like six or seven. Okay, so we have time to do both. Well, you're not going alone. No. Obviously. The, no, obviously. You couldn't even get into the physics building. Uh, well, tell you what, step one, outsmart the door. Step two, meet mysterious caller. Uh, step three, find Danny. Step four, save planet. I, I had a thought about the door. Um, could we maybe just go around to the other side of the building and see what it is first? Just maybe? I guess that's, yeah, uh, that, that. That's how, yes. I mean, you can you can punch it if you if you want, but just- fine. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fine. No. No. You're right. You're you're right. Just, just let let makes me so mad. We can go to the the gym about it. <laughs> <laughs> we can always find something for you to punch, Victory. It, it, uh, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I mean, in this line of work, something always presents itself and eventually. Well, you're right. All right. That's okay. Let's go. Let's be smart about this. This is, this is why you're the leader, Bethel. I'm the leader because I was outvoted, but okay. <laughs> you go around to the front of the building, leaving the alley behind. And on the other side of the street, as you figure out exactly which one it is, kind of by process of elimination. You see that it is, in fact, it, it looks like it is an empty building. There is a for lease sign up in one of the very dirty, like, Coke bottle windows. There's a faded sign over the entrance to it. It's kind of hard to make out exactly what it says, but you can dimly make out the letters that, that say that this is Samuels and Sons Lead Paint Factory. That, that explains a lot. If it makes you feel any better, it looks like they went out of business. Does that help? Any? Probably also helps explain why nobody's bought this property yet. <laughs> you know, fair enough. <laughs> it's a real fixer-upper. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, gonna be gonna be gonna be Alex's uh uh a campaign of philanthropy. <laughs> a campaign for a lead-free world. <laughs> Incredible.
one way or the other, I will defeat my true nemesis. <laughs> Eliminate the scourge of lead from this world. Although, incidentally, since it does seem to be abandoned, do we still want to check it out? We've got some hours to kill. Yeah. Uh, that, that was something I was going to ask, though. Should we, now that we're on a timetable, should we try to get back to the dorm? See what's going on there. Yeah. As much as I want to do a little breaking and entering. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I, I'm, the timing of it is still very suspicious to me. I'd like to at least I'd poke around just a little bit. We don't have to do a deep dive, but I'd like to poke around at least a little bit. But then absolutely, I think, yeah, we should swing by the dorms before we go meet up with this mystery person. Just a quick walk around. Make sure it's actually abandoned. Although if we find people sleeping here, that's different. Leave them alone. Mm-hmm. You're walking into the abandoned lead paint factory. Yep. Uh, you open the door and step into your suite no memory of the lead paint factory. You remember being in the alley. You remember examining for cracks. Kaz, you had that weird experience where you sensed something. You got the DM on your phone, victory. And then you decided to go back to the dorm to see if you could find Danny before you had to go to your meeting. Cool. Neat. Mm. Mm. Yeah, neat. Love it. Mm-hmm. This is fine. This will in no way have consequences later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, sounds great. Cool. All right. Well, uh, you know, back to the dorm. Check uh, in Danny's room, I mm-hmm. guess. You don't see any sign of Danny being there recently. Nothing really looks out of place. The paint splattered victory suit is still hung up in the closet. All of Danny's paint supplies are still laid out. You don't see any sign that he has been here more recently than you have. That's not good. That's not great. So, guys, I, I'm, I'm having a thought. Yeah? I could, uh, I could try to do some osteomancy, see, see if we could maybe figure things out, but I'm not sure which question we need answered more, where Danny is or what might be waiting for us at that physics building tonight. And I don't think I can ask both, because whenever I've tried to do that, it gets really confusing. I'm not afraid of whatever's waiting at the physics building for us, if it's the three of us. Yeah, same. I think we need to know what happened to Danny. Yeah, that that was my thought, too, to be honest. But I thought we should have a democratic process. While you do that, I'm going to make sure my schedule's clear. (laughs) In-game or out-of-game? In-game. Lyra's going to text her. Lyra's going to text Marcus. And basically lean on him to make excuses for why she doesn't come home tonight. Uh, because I, I feel like out of her, her two brothers, uh, she I think she is closer to Marcus than she is to, to Eric. I dig it. You text your brother, asking him to cover for you tonight. In response, you actually get a phone call. Your phone starts ringing. Oh, and it's God. Marcus calling you. I, she like goes into the room and she's like, why would you call me if I texted you? What am I doing? What are you doing? What do you mean? I mean, you're asking me to lie to mom about where you are tonight and what you're doing, but you you know how she's been. Like, what is so important? You know that she's been stressed and pretty sad about what's happening with Nina. Yeah, I know. And in case you kind of forget i usually am the one who has to deal with most of that stress and sadness you think that doesn't affect me too 
Look, I'll do it, but I just don't know what you're doing that's so important. It comes before her. It's not... That's not fair to put it like that. I guess. Look, I don't... I don't plan on making it like a habit or whatever, but like, I just... It's really weird for me, okay? In case you didn't notice, you're not her only son. So like, if something happened to Eric, she would be freaking out on you just as much as she's freaking out on me because something happened to her other daughter. So like, I... Okay? I'm not saying I don't get that it's hard, Lyra. I'm saying I don't know what would come before her. I mean, she's already got one daughter back who's now gone again for who knows how long. You and I both know that when Nina left, it wasn't because things were going well. No, Marcus, I don't know. I was six. And it's not fair to try to use that against me. Look, I said that I would cover for you. So, go do whatever it is you gotta do. Late at night. Thanks. I'll be home tomorrow, I promise. Yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. You are already guilty. It's true. So I can't make you check that. But I feel like that maybe made you angry. Oh, boy. (laughs) Sure. Because like you said, it's not fair. All right. While you're having that conversation (laughs) with your brother. Good old Marcus. Kaz, what are you doing? Uh, So Kaz is taking a pouch out of somewhere inside his jacket. And I've not actually had the opportunity to describe this because the last time Kaz tried throwing some bones, uh, he was only with Jonathan. And I wanted to share this with at least part of the team when I described what this looks like, because what he takes out is one of those fabric pencil cases that is clearly Lisa Frank inspired. So it is all (laughs) of these bright, vibrant colors, unicorns, puppies, all sorts of things, and uh, opens that up and takes out a handful of teeth, casts them down on the table in the common area, and unleashes his power. Uh, Alex, I have a question for you. Yes. Since you are standing by while this is happening, you're a little more you're a little more of a of an expert on how this whole social media thing works. Mm-hmm. Does Alex see this as potentially a an opportunity to not only get some Kaz content out there, but maybe also to help dispel some of the uh some of the silly misconceptions about what exactly bone magic is? <laughs> I think in this case, actually, he's not just because this is specifically tied to us trying to find Danny. Mm-hmm. I think if if it was part of like general crime fighting, he would definitely do that. But I think just this plus his minds on the mysterious text, maybe feeling vaguely disoriented for no discernible reason that I'm <laughs> sure is nothing. Why would you? Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think in this case, probably actually not going for the, for, for the, for the refrain. And that's totally fine. Yeah. All right. Kaz, you are casting the bones on the table. Um, is this a, is this an assess or an unleash? Unleash. All right. Roll with freak. That is, that is a 12. 
Very good. Um, you can, you can, uh, you can do it. So, what exactly are you asking the bones, and how do the bones normally respond when you ask them things? And so, has has gone into it with the, I think, with the intention of asking the question, "Where is Danny?" This is much more of an image that like he gets in his head rather than like what is laid out on the table. Um, that would look meaningless even to him. So it's more of like as he does that, the bones then feed him that information. Kaz, you were you are not certain what exactly it is you are seeing. It kind of develops, I think. Like a, like a Polaroid when you take it as the chemical reaction is taking place. So at first you're not too sure what it is exactly you're looking at, but as it develops more and more, it's you almost perceive it as like a pop art piece. Like almost like there's Kirby Crackle in everything that you are looking at. And you're kind of just looking out across this, this vast sort of emptiness, that this kind of trippy sky that's constantly changing and it's like these shades of like orange and and purple and all this, these different images sort of melding together and mixing but the the ground if that's what it is has this it's covered in what you think might be like grass or something at first but as you get a better look at it kind of like drifting down closer you see it's not actually grass. It's more like a, it's more like carpet. It's more like this like burnt orange shag carpet. And you make out a few shapes a little ways off from you. As you get closer to them, you see they resolve to be more clearly. And it's this like ugly 70s couch and a few equally ugly chairs from around the same time period. And this old TV set that's just kind of showing static. That's about it. And so Kaz just kind of takes all of that in. And then kind of sits back, like Alex would see him sit back on the couch, just looking confused, looking a bit perplexed. And I I will say, uh, just to throw it out there. I don't know if Alex would necessarily catch it because I'm not sure how much he's watching Kaz closely at this point. But if you are, you notice for just like three or four seconds when Kaz kind of sits back, he looks over at one of the empty chairs in the room as though he expects to see someone sitting there. And then remembers that Jonathan is not around and he is not able to share what he just saw with him and then just kind of lets out a sigh. I I don't really know what to make of it, but so I didn't see Danny, but the space I saw looked like looked like one of those rooms in a home that like needs to be remodeled desperately because it is so dated. It was just that that awful awful shag carpet and there was i think there was a couch in there too it was this like burnt orangey color and uh and there was like an old television set 
Um, it was it was just on static, but uh, I I don't know what that means. I don't know if like Danny's jumped back in time somewhere because yeah, the the look was was ridiculously dated. So, Will, just out of curiosity, does this sound weirdly like the Victory Mindscape? My memory of it. It could be. The real question is, was it a room or was it like a vast expanse? Uh, yeah. Still, enough weird commonalities to... Uh, Alex is kind of a weird look in his face. This could be nothing. Or, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know, maybe it's something. I don't know. I feel like maybe I've seen that room before. Well, it, it wasn't a room. Like, it, it, was, it was bigger than that. Hmm. 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 All right. So wait, you you were talking about something about like I don't know, like talking to the bones. Like you were asking like a question. Like, well, what what was the questions you you were asking? I, I was asking the bones where Danny is, but I didn't see Danny. Uh All right. Um. I'm going to do some yoga about it. And I will be right back. Yeah, okay. Probably. Probably. Only reason uh, why uh, Alex is stepping away is just because uh, uh, Alex is not, not totally sure if, if he can do it with an audience. He's never tried before. So he is going to, he's not, he's not even going to go all the way back to his room. He's just going to step out into the common area and start trying his best to like calm himself and clear his mind. Is going to start the breathing exercises and the 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 patent pending victory yogic poses that will uh open open the door in his brain to the victory mind space you start doing all the necessary things that you normally have to do to get into the mindscape as you do this slowly as you go through the necessary process you feel your consciousness starting to slip away from your body and to the mindscape itself, to this other plane of understanding and, and perception. You kind of perceive that door that is opening for you to walk through. But as you try to pass through it, your consciousness is kind of shunted back. And you get this sense of, the best way to describe it would be when you approach a public restroom and knock on the door, and you hear somebody inside just say, "Occupied." <laughs> and and then, and I kind of come back to uh, regular time space. Yes, you hear from the common area. Victory just say, "Damn it!" And he is. If you step outside, he is still doing. He's still 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 doing a headstand in the middle of the common area, just cursing. That's about when. Lara probably gets off the phone and comes back out and she's just like, what the actual fuck are you doing? Well, well, I was trying to meditate, but um, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know if I'm just not in the right headspace or if there is something wrong with the mindscape. The what? The mindscape. The victory mindscape. I'm sorry, if I ever mentioned that before... Sorry, it's it's part of the whole victory shtick. Uh, still doing a headstand while he's explaining this. And again, like I said, I'm bad at this whole extra dimensional space thing, B minus physics, etc. Although maybe this is like more psychology. I don't know. It's a 
uh, a psychic demiplane. And you can just go, Lyra's just gonna, like, pause, and then she, like, sets her phone down, and then also gets into a handstand. She's like, so you just... So, it's, I mean, it's more complicated than that. You have to do a lot of breathing, a lot of the victory yoga, very focused on that. There's a lot of, um, uh, you have to sort of, like, visualize a lot of, uh, like, like, Jungian archetypes and stuff like that it's a whole process but you you enter the victory mindscape and in it you can access the the some experiences of um all victories past and present and future ostensibly and uh i've done it before it gave me considerably more questions than it did answers and i haven't gone back for that reason also i do not know what i'm going to say to the guy that i found in there because I have not looked for his wife even a little bit. There's somebody trapped in the mindscape and a missing wife. We are talking about Danny right now. <laughs> the room that you described looks uncannily like the Victory Mindscape the last time that I was in there. Is Victory Yoga different from regular yoga? Because this isn't usually a I mean, it's the first yoga it's the first yoga I ever did, so honestly, I couldn't tell you. This usually is in the starting position. Oh really? Yeah, no. I do that this this is no no this this was like the, the first thing I had to do. It took me like 5 weeks. Yeah, no, handstands are never where you should start. I cricked my neck so bad for like a month. Also, my tailbone, the number of times also I did um I did break um my mom's good coffee table. Still feel really guilty about that. Um I I would have gorilla glued it back together again, but it was, uh, in fact, in too many pieces. I have learned so much. That's it. We've got a couple of hours. Uh, we're going to the practice room. <laughs> let's go, everyone. Let's go. <laughs> Lyra's got a little bit of aggression <laughs> she needs to get out. She's like, you know what? We've got we've got a couple hours till we got to be at Powers University. Everyone present and accounted for it. We're gonna go. We're gonna go practice. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You're going yep. to the bunker. Um, which you probably can do this time of night. Generally speaking, it has to be reserved, but it's probably late enough that you can access the facilities and nobody's really trying to do this on like a weeknight at, you know, 9 p.m. Are you just going to do some sort of like simulated battle scenarios or uh, what's the plan? Probably like one or two of those. Probably. Uh... Take down some crack dens. <laughs> Uh, probably probably some practice scenarios yeah just some some regular drills try to figure out some things that we can do together coordination probably yeah no that would be good i feel like we could be more coordinated i listen um the 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 you guys getting tied together and just squashing one another onto the pavement is probably like not our finest moment and we should probably work on what to do if something like that happens again if I had a nickel every time that happened, I'd have 10 cents, but it's weird that it happened more than once. <laughs> it happened twice. Uh, you know, and I, I was going to say, uh, hey, I'm going to say, honestly, um, uh, in defense to Kaz, in the history of our team, I have found myself ass against the pavement a lot, like a shocking number of times. I feel like if I'm going to work on anything, it's probably ways that I can stay upright more better well did anyone ever teach you how to fall or dodge not, not even just dodging but there's 
this goes for you too, Kaz. Did, has anyone ever taught you guys how you're supposed to fall if you're if you're falling? How you're supposed to? Mostly, I just try to avoid hitting anything on the way down. I just tried to avoid falling. Okay, Alex, I need you to throw me. <laughs> I need to show you. <laughs> um. Oh, okay, you want me to just like like just like hook you over there? Just toss me. I'll show you how you're supposed to how you're supposed to. Oh, okay. It's one All of right. the first things that you 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 learn in gymnastics in in martial art when my brothers took karate it's one of the first things you learn is how you uh, how to fall i'm gonna teach you how to fall uh all, all, all right you want me to just, just just throw me grab you and chuck you just oh, oh okay uh here here goes uh <laughs> and yeah victory will grab bethel by the shoulders and will like not full-on super strength like honestly it's probably a little <laughs> harder than you were expecting there, there's a rapid acceleration, but but he's, he's like like still not going like full force, but enough that it's startling probably, and just uh, yeets Bethel. And I I think that is like a, a perfect time to cut away from like a training montage <laughs> that we can we can link back to at a later date when it becomes relevant to Victory doing something cool. <laughs> beautiful so you spend a couple hours training and practicing how to fall how to dodge how to not get knocked on your ass essentially and the next time you look down at your phone you realize that time has gotten away from all of you and it is very close to the to the time that you were supposed to meet your anonymous tipster at powers university oh shit our our, our highly suspicious meeting let's get on the bus yeah let's let's do it <laughs> Without Danny, it's just three costumed teenagers riding <laughs> right. public transportation. You know, like, I mean, hey, depending, depending, I know, okay, it's, it's only like 10 o'clock. It's not nearly late enough for that to be, for that to be, to be a common sight. No, not at all. Maybe, maybe on the way back uh, from our highly suspicious meeting, depending on how long it takes, uh, we could, st- we might stand out way less. I will say this is probably not actually particularly strange to some of the public transit because Bethel has physically ridden inside and outside of the buses in costume definitely definitely um it's definitely not unheard of it's it's definitely not the strangest sight even just with like regular people dressing up like the existing superheroes in the world for costumes and costume parties and things like that but definitely less glamorous and a little more time consuming than how you are how you have gotten used to moving around the city I feel like there are various complaints when Alex gets on the butt, the bus to the effect of, oh, is that giant boy again? <laughs> Takes up three seats. <laughs> so a reasonably short bus ride later, you pull up outside of the Powers University campus, it's probably like five to 10. So you are definitely down to the wire. But if you hustle to the physics building, you can make it in time for your meeting. At the very least, hopefully make it before the other person, whoever they are, thinks you stood them up and leaves. And I think uh, Lyra will use her her student ID to scan into the physics building so that we don't have to, like, try to find an unsecured way or break in. Technically, she just swipes the key card and in and she goes. And you were at the physics building earlier today, Lyra, so you have a fairly good sense of the place. The atrium of the physics building, as you walk into it, is expansive. It is a large dome-shaped building. At least it appears dome-shaped. You realize that it is actually more polyhedral. 
when you're up close to it. It's much more of like an icosahedron shape. And the atrium also sort of adheres to that outside structure. It is sort of a globe-shaped interior with different levels scaling up from the ground floor. You're not sure exactly how high it goes, but probably no more than like a fifth or a sixth floor. There are walkways that run around the outside of it. There's like an elevator that cuts up one side of it as well that you can take to get to the different levels. The ground floor of the atrium where you are standing has some comfortable looking furniture, large uh, potted plants, kind of things you might expect to see in a college campus building. There's maybe like a little cafe that's obviously closed currently. And while the lights are not out in the building by any means, you don't really see anybody else around you. Doesn't seem like there's really anybody else here this late at night, at least not presently. Did it did it say what floor we were supposed to meet them on, Alex? I don't looks at the the message. Uh it did not. It just said meet at the building. But as you look at the message to check, you do hear a voice say, Oh thank God, I wasn't sure you'd come. And from like behind a column nearby you see somebody step out. They're maybe only a few inches taller than than Bethel. They uh, present masculinely, kind of wearing a sweater over like a button-down shirt, jeans, and like regular sneakers, as you might expect. There is a student ID uh, hanging from one belt loop on like one of those retractable cord thingies, but it is clearly like a grad student slash TA slash like employee badge as opposed to your student ID, Lyra. They have glasses, like a little bit of a of a shadow of facial hair, but more like they haven't shaved in a couple of days than anything else. And the hair on their head is a little bit on the shaggy side as well. Brown. Not really notable. They approach you and continue talking and they say, I, uh, I really appreciate you coming out. I can only imagine how many hundreds of DMs you get with things like this every day. You know, honestly, uh, we take our jobs at uh, Squad H very seriously. We like to uh, respond to any uh, credible intel that comes our way. Great. Okay, well, I've got some credible intel for you. Um, I don't really know. Is there a place? How would you like? How does this usually work? Well, uh, I guess first we want to establish, uh, are you gonna tell us your name or are you intending to stay anonymous in whatever is about to happen here? No, sorry. Yeah. My name's Marvin. Marvin Block. Nice to meet you, Marvin. Nice to meet you too, uh, Mr. Victory. Uh, honestly, Alex is fine. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. <laughs> That was a little forward. He clearly, like, he doesn't say anything about it, but but he clearly, like, seems a little bit put at ease. Like, has a little bit of an air of, like, are we, are we friends now? <laughs> but we'll continue talking and we'll say, so I guess if I'm going to start anywhere, I, I might as well tell you, I was Asher's roommate before he got kicked out. So... So he just literally just added a T to his name? I'm sorry. Yeah, wasn't that obvious? I mean, it... Yeah. What did he say? What? What did he say his name was? He said his name was Trasher. Oh, that's... 
that's bad. That's I mean, it's a bad name. I, you know, it, it, it's 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 pretty it's pretty bad. Not nearly as bad as the one he gave his sister or she gave herself. I don't I don't know. I don't know who was responsible for it, but honestly, it might be more of a crime than that property damage that they did do. Um, so that's just it. Asher doesn't have a sister. Like he explicitly told you he doesn't have a sister or he just never mentioned a sister? No, I mean, he told me he doesn't have a sister. He, look, I don't know if, I don't know if it's real. I mean, I I can't imagine it is, but like that we live in a really strange world. Mm -hmm. Yes, you are talking to living proof of that. According to, to Asher, that's not his sister. That's him. Asher was working on a multidimensional theory. He was theorizing that there were, well, at least multiple worlds, if not infinite. And on one of them, he was a girl. He pulled and... Is this experiment why he was kicked out of the school, or did he do some other kind of stuff? There were a lot of reasons, but yeah, that that was that was one of them. I mean, the experiment itself, first of all, nobody believed that it had worked because it's it's crazy. He didn't have authorization to perform the experiment in the first place, but it caused a lot of property damage when it went off. I mean, he basically destroyed an entire lab and all of the equipment that was inside of it. How long ago was that? Like last last year? But last semester? Or I mean less about a month ago. Maybe three weeks. And what was the point where the school decided he needed to be kicked out? Because uh it sounds like we're we're racking up a list. I mean it was after the lab incident. It was after he tried to present this frankly, this random girl and say that she was him from some kind of alternate earth. Nobody believed him, of course, and I don't know if she is or if she isn't or if she's just some crazy girl that he convinced to keep up with his story, but like you saw today, something is weird. Did he have those kinds of powers before? No. There is something going on with them. I could see that there is some kind of energetic connection. Some some sort of I don't know, like cosmic string theory kind of thing that is connecting them. Oh man, is he doing like like that Jet Li movie? What? Oh, the one? No, I don't think so. I don't think he's trying to kill her. Well, no, but like, I don't know, but the idea that maybe like it's like combining their powers. Oh god! Oh my gosh! Are we gonna have to fight a trasher army? No, that's that's what he said about it. Honestly, it's he said that there was something about the like resonant frequency of our Earth versus the resonant frequency of her Earth, and when they were in contact with each other, it caused some kind of reaction that gave them these powers. And like the closer they were to each other, the stronger it got. So they are together right now, possibly growing stronger yeah and she's not even from here and who knows what that could be doing to our everything like i said i don't know if he's crazy or making it all up maybe i don't know if she has the powers or i mean you know you like you hear rumors but rumors like what 
Well, like there's like there's people you can pay to give you powers. You're talking about you're talking about Lotus Group. Maybe. I, I don't know. Look, I they're they put out these these experiments, these like calls for participants, like you're doing some kind of health study or something like that. And like I don't know if it's real, I don't know if I don't know which ones it is, but supposedly if you respond to one of those ads, if you sign up to do the experiment, you could get powers. Can I roll to assess the situation and try to remember if anything happened like three weeks ago in that time frame, like other than this, like something that could have roll with spear. And that is roll seven. Seven is a success. So you can ask one question. I guess I'd try to frame it. I guess what here is the biggest threat in the what in the last like three weeks or what do I know about the Lotus group? Maybe that could. Well, I mean, a lot of stuff has happened uh, within the last three weeks. Let's see. Are you specifically curious about the Lotus group will be my question. Yes. Okay. Then I will say that you got a success. So what I will tell you is that like the more you think about it, in the context of the Lotus group, within the last three weeks, I mean, a lot of stuff has happened, but the one that really jumps out at you is the way your sister showed up with this weird scientist dude who said that he could take people's powers away, which is not exactly the Lotus group's MO, but... It's not, but also, he obviously didn't take Nina's powers away. It's true. I know exactly where he is, because he's currently working on Burke. That is also true. (laughs) That's the biggest thing in terms of like Lotus group knowledge. Like you have not heard of anything explicitly with anybody being given powers by a sort of secret, shadowy, crime-related organization. But you have heard of one guy coming to town and saying, at the very least, claiming that he can take powers away from people. I do know of a suspiciously timed arrival of a suspicious scientist. Yeah. With with just, like, the weirdest cover. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> he keeps coming to my house. <laughs> he sure does. I keep having to have dinner with him. He's part of the family. <laughs> we are just, like, constantly, it's, like, constantly just at the dinner table with, like, a gun pointed at each other under the table where <laughs> no one else can see it. <laughs> So she's going to, Lyra's going to file that one for discussion when we're not in front of Marvin, but she's going to, she's going to think on that one for a while. But like, I don't know if that's what it is. I don't know if he like answered one of those ads or, or maybe like, you know, she has powers and is giving them to him by proxy. I mean, both of those sound really crazy, but they sound less crazy than he has powers because he brought an alternate girl version of him here. And when they touch causes telekinesis? I don't know. I mean, that sounds possible. Uh, Marvin, before we get too far away from this, though, those ads you were talking about, where are people finding them? Yeah, but that's a rumor. Like, that's that's what I'm saying, is, like, people just say that's a thing, but, like, people say all kinds of stuff, you know? I mean, well, obviously, we'll look into both options, but I guess you were his roommate. I don't want to assume you guys were close, but do you have any idea where he could be now that he's no longer at the school? Like, is he from province? No, he's not. But I th- obviously, I think he's still in the city. 
I'm honestly not sure where exactly he would go. What was he like before all of this? I don't know, kind of a dick. (laughs) That tracks. Like, he, his family has money, but I mean, it's not like he didn't, it's not like he didn't belong in the program, you know? Like, he, he was smart, and he knew what he was talking about, at least until he got on this alternate Earth kick, and then, I don't know, it's the start of the semester, and we lived together last year, but he was different. He said his his family has money. Do you think they're the kind of family that'll probably put him up even after all of this destruction and getting kicked out? Because if he has resources, then that might narrow down where he could be pulled up. Probably. I don't think his parents ever really paid much attention, if I'm honest. I know he has a trust. What What's Asher's last name? Weston. Asher Weston. Would that ring any bells for Kaz, since he comes from... A family with money. Old money <laughs> flocks together. <laughs> That's interesting. Do you want to roll superior? I would love to. I would not love to. Not so much. That is a five. Okay. Uh, market potential. Your dad was always weirdly protective of you, like, associating with the kids of his associates. So... Whether or not, you know, the Westons had any ties to your dad or or not, uh, you probably wouldn't have ever interacted with them or their kids. That's fair. That makes sense. And look, again, like the the ads, take that with a grain of salt. You know, like there's a guy on my floor who will say that he's selling you Luminary's bathwater. You know, people just like talk. (laughs) How did he get in here? Got me. No, what's he majoring in? I need to know to avoid him. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't talk to him. Fuck. Wait, do you go here? There's <laughs> just like dead silence. This life kind of like mentally reboots on that one. <laughs> She's like, uh, n- n- no. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, no. <laughs> I definitely believe you. <laughs> Um, I'm definitely not going to argue with you. Okay. It's all, it's all I can ask for right now, really. I've, it has been a, it has been a, a fucking day with, as far as people arguing with me goes. <laughs> right. Well, I appreciate bringing this to our attention. If you happen to hear about any more rumors about people responding to these ads or anything, uh, I mean, obviously, you know how to how to reach me. Uh, you don't have to identify yourself in text. If I hear anything, yeah, I, I will absolutely pass it on to you. But um, look, there's something else you should know. Back when Asher was doing all the calculations and putting his experiment together, he said that there would be, a, he called it an event horizon. Like that pseudo Hellraiser movie from the 90s? Yeah, just like that. Yeah. Basically, he said that he said that two objects with the same makeup couldn't occupy the same space indefinitely. Like the longer they were in contact, the more energy it would generate between the two of them. Eventually, well, then he mimes an explosion. So we're on the time crunch. Got it. Okay. 
if any of it is true, I just wanted to mention it. No, no, that that's good. Uh, just question: Do you, by any chance, happen to have Asher's phone number? Uh, I, I yeah, I mean, I w- unless he's changed it, yeah. Yeah, uh, at least that might be a starting place. He gives it to you. He says, "So you take that, and then you call me." Or uh, no, sorry, this is Asher's number. Never mind. Getting a lot of that today. You're getting a lot of phone numbers today, Kaz. I'm proud of you. Big day for phone numbers. <laughs> I, I I think because it's neat, uh, we'll say that like Halo phones have that thing where you like tap the phones against each other and it transfers the number. That's cool. Obviously, Walters did not have a Halo phone. He has some kind of like off knockoff. Ira will not do that because she is not sharing her phone number with anyone. <laughs> I was going to say, and I think there's only so many times that Lyra keeps having to tell Magil to, no, please, please do not, please do not share, share my personal contact info with the teammates. Yeah. Please don't. Please, please stop. In her, in that fun little way, she's like, babe, please don't do that. <laughs> okay. I will not share your phone number with everyone. Wink. Honey, honey, did you just, did you just read out the word wink to me? <laughs> I, I lack the physical capability to do so. Therefore, I emoted one. You leaving Marvin in the physics building? I think we will thank him yeah. for, for reaching out. And uh, if we hear anything, you know, if it- I will, I will, I'll, I'll fl- fl- flash him, flash him sign. Oh my God. Can I take a picture? That's so cool. I, you know, wow. I, and I cannot believe that I'm saying this right now. And Marvin, I am so sorry. But I think if you take a picture with me at this time and this place, it might uh, potentially establish a connection that you may not want to have if you are informing on uh, your former roommate Asher to us. But tell you what, man, I'll hook you up. I will absolutely like one of your refrains. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'll have to make one, but then, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> But look, get don't worry. I I will I'll figure I'll figure out. I I I no no I get it. It's- for your own safety, I must I must refuse the selfie. It's not you, man. I promise. I promise. Like like my hands reach for my phone right now. I understand it. I just like I'm trying so hard to stop it. You yeah, need to go. You know what? I- you need to go, man. You, you, you got to get out of here before I before I take the selfie and it puts you in danger, man. Oh okay okay okay. And you like uh, okay okay. At that, <laughs> Lyra's like cuts it off, and she's like, "Okay," does a little shoulder thing, and just starts to like motor. As you're building up the the fake threat of your uh, selfie taking finger, uh, Marvin, not <laughs> sure how serious to take this or not, is is just like, yeah, "Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah all, all right, yeah," and we'll kind of like just scurry off. That's the fun part. Alex isn't even sure how seriously he's taking it at this point. You know, I think that is my TA. <laughs> if you'd like to keep up with us and what we're up to, you can follow us on Twitter at Live from the Apoc, Instagram and TikTok at Live from the Apocalypse, or join our Discord community, which will be linked in the description down below. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, feel free to give us a good rating and follow us on your podcatcher of choice. Leave a review if you're so inclined. It really does help us out so much. The donation link to our First Nations Development Institute fundraising campaign 
can also be found in the description if you'd like to help support Indigenous communities. Join us for the live recordings of Academy H every other Sunday, or any of our many other ongoing live-streamed campaigns that happen throughout the week over at twitch.tv slash livefromtheapocalypse. For all this information and more, check out livefromtheapocalypse.com. As always, nothing we do would be possible without your support, and we appreciate you so much. Until next time. Academy H is edited by Will Malkus, with music and sound effects from Epidemic Sound. Character art by at OxyBellasDraws on Twitter and Instagram. Asher's last name. All right, give me a sec. Asher, non-player character. Right. Asher PC. Look, it's been a month since you fought him. No, you're fine. <laughs> Bruh, you're fine. <laughs>